the beer of bourbon country, it says on the label. I could see why. I could see bourbon drinkers. Okay, so. It's sweet, but not overly sweet, too. It's like a ho, 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 and a yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you start the episode. Yeah, I mm. think so. There it is. <laughs> Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare-traveling, craft-beer-drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Final week of Christmas beers. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And I'm ready. Are for you? Christmas. Uh, <laughs> it is here. It is yes. here. It, uh, did it sneak up on anybody else? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not oh, me. yeah. I've been planning for this since Halloween. Well, you, since July 5th. Yep. You do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Brian decorates his house immediately after the 4th of July. Pretty much. <laughs> right. No, I. it's just been such a weird year this year that all holidays were a little bit different, and yeah. it, so it definitely snuck up on me. They, In a weird way, they all kind of melted together. Yeah, yeah which, kind of. Which is kind of how the year has gone. The year kind of just melted into one blob. I mean, if we're being honest, this is the only time I leave my house is to come and record these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't go and see anything. I don't do anything. So this has been, um, for me this year... I found out one of my biggest playlists on Spotify was my Christmas playlist. I made it in 2014. I started. Okay. And I built it over three years. And it's the only playlist I have that Spotify said, no more. <laughs> you can't add any more songs to it. <laughs> so I had to build a second one, right? And then I have an Atlas Christmas one that's a condensed version, like yep. my favorite Christmas songs, whatever. Uh, my big, huge Spotify playlist, somehow I lost 7,000 songs off of it. Okay. And I've been rebuilding it. Oh. So I have listened to way more Christmas music this year than normal. And that's a lot. Normally I listen to a lot. Now I'm in it. Hmm. Could you so. imagine like the guys, like somebody at Spotify knows, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you know, right? I mean, that's, you they just, have to do something. you just yeah. know, right? Could you imagine those guys like, hey, that, that Peterson guy is trying to put more Christmas music on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. Turn that off. No, <laughs> can't he do can't it. do anymore. No. But I did find a lot more stuff uh, that I didn't even have on the initial, you know, because five years from now, they've added a lot of stuff to Spotify. Yep. So, mm. oh, man, it is it is so good. It's about, as we speak, it's about 340 hours. Wow. Let's, let's put the link down in the uh, description right. down here. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. It's called, let's see. Um, He's like searching through all the files in his brain. Right, with exactly. A thousand different playlists he's made on Spotify. It's something like <laughs> Holiday Fist Fight. And um, <laughs> spiked eggnog or something like that. Nice. Did you ever watch Star Trek Next Generation when Data would be like, and he would like processing and they make his eyes go back and forth That's a little not bit? what I was That's doing. That's exactly <laughs> what happened right there. So I was trying. Yeah, or it's like uh, the, the SpongeBob episode where he's like trying to remember his, I think it's his name. He's trying to remember his name and it goes into his brain and there's like, 500 different little Spongebobs like running around like opening <laughs> file cabinets and stuff like trying to find the information that's what's happening it's yeah. like my 13th one down I okay. know that when I add it in there but I, John will put it in yeah. the uh, in the description down yeah. right. for you if that'll you, be if cool you, click that's the link 
That's uh, that's my go-to one. That's got all the old school. It's got stuff from like 1900 to anything that's recorded before 2015. Okay, is in there, and then anything mm. after that is in my other one. That's called Mistletoe Jams. <sighs> Mistletoe mm. Jam. Yeah, I get, that's, I see yeah, what you that's did. awesome. I see what I did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. Is there any Mariah Carey? Yeah, of course. Oh God, <laughs> of course. Well, okay. I mean, you could just walk into any grocery store at this point and yeah. hear Mariah anywhere, Carey anywhere, anywhere, public place, anywhere. or my house. <laughs> well, what do you say? So, this one comes courtesy of Brian. I would never ever have chose this. I don't know what it's going to be. Me neither. I Dolan seems excited because it's bourbon barrel. Oh no, I'm excited for peppermint too. I, I mean, ding ding ding! Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It smells like Christmas. Kentucky, Kentucky bourbon barrel. Oh, peppermint yeah, it does. Order. Smell that shit. <laughs> that is Christmas. What? What? Yeah. Oh. This smells like straight uh, York peppermint patty, aged yeah. in bourbon barrels. Eight point two percent. Good lord. Out of Lexington, Kentucky. Oh. 401 Cross Street in Lexington, oh. Kentucky, to be exact. Uh, Lexington Brewery and Distilling. So they do both. Yes. They, get they the, have uh, to in Kentucky, yeah, I think. I think so. Uh, it's one of the few joint brewing and distilling operations in the world. Yes. Kentucky. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. they do, right? Yeah. I mean, what else, besides the Derby, what else is Kentucky known for? Whiskey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Founded uh, since its founding in 1999, so it hasn't been around. I mean, I, I would have thought longer. Twenty years. Twenty-one years. Yeah. By Irish entrepreneur. That's how you know it's good. Oh yeah. Purse Lions. Pierce. So Pierce. Probably Pierce. 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 P e a r s e. Pierce. 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 Oh man, I want my house to smell like this beer. Like, I'm going to go home and try to figure out how to do this. Peppermint Scentsies, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I'm a peppermint nut. Are you? Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay. Uh, here's the th- This is interesting. And, and I, this was a rabbit hole I didn't think I'd ever go oh, down. okay. Okay. This guy, Mr. Lyons. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Sorry, Mr. Lyons. Paris. Paris. Uh, <laughs> he also owns a company which is a subsidiary. Lexington Brewing is a subsidiary of this company called Alltech. Okay. And mm. Alltech is an American company headquarters in, headquartered in Nicholasville, Kentucky, which operates in animal feed, meat, brewing, and distributing. That's okay. a weird grouping. All the above. That sounds like all my interests. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's good that there's a connection there because you said Alltech, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. like it's like that place in Fremont that Owns a coffee shop and a IT company. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here's how here's how it started. Founded in 1980, Alltech develops agricultural products for use in livestock and crop farming, as well as products in the food industry. Okay. So there's there's the time, yeah. right? Food industry or whatever. Sure. As well as crops, livestock. And you're feeding these horses probably in Kentucky. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he's a biochemist. Oh, this yeah. guy is a biochemist. He has a PhD in biochemistry of yeast. Oh, that's a brewer all day. Hell yes. How boring would that class load be? Uh, Oh, oh, my gosh. This is going to make it even more boring. From the University of Birmingham in England. Oh, no thanks. Could you imagine how dull that was? No no offense. It's one thing to be a Cicerone. Brits, but... Another thing to have a PhD in yeast. (laughs) In yeast. (laughs) 
How uh, how specific is that? That is very. specialized. So you're gonna have one job when you get it, when you graduate. Yeah, one. That's that's pretty much. It. Well, okay, two. You're gonna make beer or bread. Yeah, one of the mm. two. That's really about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. He died in 2018. Oh, so R.I.P. Yeah, so we lost Pierce. a legend. But his son Mark took over. Took it over. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 2012, the company became part of the world-renowned Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Yes, now, I had that in my notes. Do you? Yes. I, I have talked to a few friends of mine that have actually done this. It's a almost nine-day tour wow. if you walk and or drive. I think you have to walk to some, drive to some. What about crawl? You could do that too. <laughs> I, I'd be crawling after the first day. So here's where you start. Okay. It's 18 distilleries across Kentucky. No. Complete with its own passport book. So uh, you get this book and they stamp it. Along you know, the Nebraska way. has a passport book. The like beer. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's not whiskey. No. Hmm. Nine days of distilleries. Nine days. So that sounds amazing. And there's 18 of them, right? And there's 18. Uh, I could but, do it in six. <laughs> <laughs> they suggest you start in Louisville. Okay. okay, and there's a welcome center at the Fraser Museum. You walk to the first four. Okay, so you walk to the first two, then you stumble to mm-hmm. the last two, right? Uh, all within a mile of the welcome center, hmm. and then from there it is a nine day tour laid out, and then called and then the it's on Bourbon Trail. Um, has anybody tasted this yet? No, no. Oh my God. Okay, do it. I'm going okay. for it. I'll tell you, this is just like a boozy York peppermint patty. Oh, oh man. I mean, Dolan. That is good. My goodness. Wow. Toby I wish Keith. there was some mistletoe right now. Toby Keith, Willie Nelson, Ooh. beer for my horses. Wow. This is it. I'll be smooching people after this beer. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand how they get much that much peppermint flavor The in peppermint there. is amazing. The warmth of the whiskey barrel mm. is great. Mm. The chocolate, it's thinner than I wanted. What's well, a porter? So it I, is. I figured it would be a little thinner, but man, the flavors man. are on. Point. I, okay, so here's the thing: I like peppermint, mm. but I don't like mint and chocolate mixed. So I was a little afraid, Whoa. but I was also excited. But I think I like chocolate whiskey and peppermint mixed. <laughs> That's the key. I would That's the never key. ever have purchased this myself. Right? Never. Mm. But One, label looks way too bourbony. And I'm not necessarily a bourbon fan. Mm. Two, uh, the horses kind of scare me a little bit, <laughs> to be honest. And three, Porter. It's I'm not porter, yeah. generally a Porter fan. I'm not usually either. Mm. And that's why I bought it, actually. So I was really going to try. And Christmas stouts are a thing, right? Yeah. We can get those anywhere. There's hardly any Porters, and we don't usually do Porters here. So that's why I picked this one up. Gosh. That is shockingly good. All right. Porter. Started maybe 1722 in London. 1722. By Ralph Harwood. Thank you, Ralph. It was usually, back then they called it an entire. That was the beer. Because it was a blend of three different things. Okay. It was a ale, a quote beer, and a strong ale. Mixed together by the bartender who actually had to do it for you. Weird. And they, you know, stir it up or whatever. Made to order. So it's not like McDonald's. Okay. They've got them just sitting there. They've got to make it per order for you. Okay. So it's a blend, I okay. guess. Or also it could be known as the thirds. Like in a wine in wine yeah. terms, it's a blend. Yeah, okay. So it's those different things, and it and 
each proprietor or bartender has his own version of, you know, maybe I want 36% of this one or, you know, whatever. There's sure. lots of different ways to do it. But that's kind of how it started. And it was called a porter because back in that day, and it's still even to in like United States train culture, mm-hmm. a porter is somebody that moves stuff, moved right. suitcases or whatever. Um, in London, there's porters, basically deliverers or day laborers, guys that did heavy work at markets or porters, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So after work, those guys would come in and they would order this stronger beer. And they just gave it the name Porter hmm. because that was the classification of people that were normally buying this stuff at the bar or the pub or whatever. Cool. Um, due to the aging process, it's at least back then, it wasn't normally brewed at breweries because these are they usually sitting around a little bit longer right mm-hmm. to get that darker color um so they used to be brewed right at the pub so your local bar would brew this beer or the beers to combine together oh. they would just make it on hand because even when my on the farm when my grandpa was alive um he used to make his own beer back in the day okay. like in the 50s um and most people did that in middle of nowhere America, but they did that at those pubs in uh, England and Ireland and that sort of sure. stuff. Sure. So that's where it was. Um, in 1776, that's a famous year here. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, but also it's a famous year in Ireland because porters make it to Ireland. And Guinness. Which is more important. Start makes making their version of a porter and then that oh. jumps into the, you know, the dry stouts that we sure. know today. Um, in the 1700s and 1800s, these were popular. Porters were popular in America, Russia, mm. which is also known now for imperial stouts, a Russian yeah. imperial stout, mm-hmm. and the Baltic areas. Okay. So you'll see in the store Baltic Porter sometimes or on Untapped or wherever you're looking. Yes. But that's just another style or version of a, a porter itself. Um, World War One, 1920s, right before that, 1919, kind of falls out of um, favor with people they stopped drinking the darker beer for okay. some, whatever reason taste change and then world war one hits and basically it disappears from the united states at least no one's making a porter until our friends from the last episode anchor brewing make one in 1972 oh they kind of bring it back interesting and then there's a resurgence it's new it's an old beer but it's new to people you know yep. it's been 50 years 60 years since it's been around yep and uh, it's still around now um they are imperial porters there's different flavored porters like this one um but most places if you go to a brewery most places have a porter or something similar to that Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if it's like an english style brewery Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing you know not like a super american hazy ipa or milkshakes they probably won't have one but somebody that's making traditional beers and lagers and stuff will probably have a porter on tap um, and then Britain started brewing them again in 1979. So a few years after it happened here, it went back across the ocean and places that first started them started up again. And they still do make porters in England. And a lot of English beer for export is porter. You'll see those in the States. Interesting. So that's a little history on the porter itself. Can't, mm. can't say I'm a porter fan at all, but the more I drink of them, mm-hmm. the more I, I, I enjoy them. Boulevard has a pretty good one. Oh, just just called Porter has a bulldog on it, which is English, you know, a nod to the English style. And it was one of their first, I think, four or five standard beers. Hmm. Uh, If you go to Crescent Moon, 
Yes. They were like the initial Boulevard representatives of Nebraska. Okay. They were the first account. And they have up on the above the bar on a shelf, they have the first bottles of Boulevard that ever came. And one of them is the Bully Porter. That's what it's called. Interesting. I feel like for me, if I'm going to order a porter, it has to be different, right? Like, yeah. Like you can't put on your menu a just say a chocolate porter and then a chocolate stout. I'm just going to skip the porter and go to the stout every time. But if you do, you know, a peppermint Mm -hmm. porter, that's going to intrigue me a little bit. Or like, I really like the peanut butter porter out of uh, Empyrean, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, that one's real good. Mm -hmm. I I feel the same way about stouts, though. Like, if you just have a traditional stout, I'm probably not going to order it. Mm. But if it's it's chocolate stout or imperial or you know or whatever yeah, raspberry those adjuncts, yep. yeah, give me give me a reason to order it now. Like we've talked about just over the past couple of weeks, I've I've kind of migrated back to pilsners, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Which if somebody has a pilsner, I will order that immediately now. Wow. That's but but that's just. I don't yeah, know. Taste change. Taste change yeah. or whatever. Let me try your lager. Let me try your Pilsner. Let me, you know, and then let me try your hazy IPA. Whereas the first is give me your hazy, then your sour. Sour, yeah. Then, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of fun how things evolve and change, you know, and and that's also the one of the issues with breweries is they have to be able to navigate that and like plan yes. ahead because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just whipping up beer the day before, right? you know, you got to have it months out usually on your calendar release dates and stuff a few weeks ago i think i sent you a picture of this uh we went to a brewery and their newest beer was a wee heavy mm-hmm. and i thought for a second and i thought what would brian do yeah i thought <laughs> he would order, order the that. wee heavy yeah. because this is the newest one and the guy that was so the guy that was taking the order was actually one of the brewers oh so mm. in the days of covid yeah you know it's you know a limited yeah you don't have a lot of staff and stuff not yeah. really right and so and i asked him and he's like oh yeah he goes, do you like these? I'm like, yeah, kind of. He's like, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if the brewer's saying give it a shot, yeah, right. then, okay. And it was fantastic. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. it was good. This thing, the more it, it warms up, the more it opens up. It does. You get way more bourbon barrel. Yeah. It's almost yeah. butterscotchy. Yes. Yes. Isn't that weird? It's yeah. like peppermint up front and butterscotch at the end, almost. It is so Christmas. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. is. I love it. And I... Based it only solely on the label. Well, it's Christmas colors. I, you know, I didn't even look at the bottle, honest to be honest with you, until right now, and I didn't see the whole winter scene underneath in the red. I just saw the oh. colors. I didn't see the underlying. I, you know what? I didn't either. Snowy tree with the star on top, and it, the label's hard to read. A little but... bit. All their beers look like this. Yes. Like every label is the same. And I used to get. I had to drive to Iowa to get these. I used to have to. And now this year they're in Nebraska. Oh, but before they had two beers you could get in Iowa. One was just a straight up stout. Yep. And I love a barrel stout. Mm. And then I saw these uh, at the beer, wine, and liquor superstore that we have now in town, and picked them up there. One. It, it lists the hops on here. Only one hops. Centennial. Well, yeah. So which I mean, for as, a little bitter. Yeah. I, just I to would ground think, it. Yeah. Mint, chocolate. Uh, Roasted malt, yeah. So that's the, the label's hard to read, but it is hard to see kind of the Christmas scenes. Very understated, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I don't think it. They're not flashy at all. There's nothing flashy about these guys. Well, it's if you want to get into the psychology of it, it's because red and green are complete opposites on the color wheel. So oh, it's gonna make you look at that feel that way, anyways. 
it worked. Yeah. I would say this is very 90s design. It is. You yeah, know? Very flat. It looks like it probably hasn't changed a whole lot. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. The beer of bourbon country, it says on the label. <sighs> I could see why. I could see bourbon drinkers. Okay, so... It's sweet, but not overly sweet, too. It's like a ho-ho-ho and a yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you start the episode. Yeah, I mm. think so. There it is. Uh, so you put a little tinsel on Braden. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's what this beer go. is in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know a number of bourbon drinkers here in the office that I would very be very happy to hand this to, and mm. they would like it. Yeah, a lot. I like it more than I thought I would. That's for sure. I was scared of this, and I like the horses on the bottle, the embossed. Pretty cool. I'm for, a big I'm a big fan of horse racing just in general. Yeah, I don't always I don't understand the ins and outs of it. Yeah. I just like the competition. I like it. the atmosphere of it. There's yeah. not much better than a day at the track. Oh, Growing up yeah. in uh, Columbus, Nebraska. Yeah. Town of 20,000, you know. We had the racetrack there mm-hmm. at Ag Park, and that was the thing that every everybody goes to every year in August because they'll have the, the carnival, and then they'll have sure. horse track yeah. racing going on at the same time, and then the... Uh, 4-H kids can show their animals all at the same time and they do this for like a week every year in July and like that's the thing I would go ride some rides go say hi to my, some of my farmer friends who had a pig or some chickens or whatever to show then I'd go to the racetrack with my grandpa Yeah, and he grandpa would what's up. Yep. he would say pick a horse and I'd pick a horse and then yeah. we'd go up to the little stand and yep, yep. Put your money in. place a bet and come back and if I did good I got money for more hot dogs yes. and and more soda. Yeah. And if I did bad, I got money for hot dogs and more soda. <laughs> oh, so it's win-win for you. Yeah. Huh. You know, I always oh. used to go, this is probably, I guess, 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, in Lincoln at the track oh, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we every Sunday, me and my friends would go and you'd get, you know, huge, you know, drafts of beer, pretty cheap. Yep. You bet five or six races, and that's just a good Saturday or Sunday afternoon. It was a lot of fun. Mm. We would go to, when Jenny and I first got married, before, this was obviously still Riley and Scarlet were Mm -hmm. around. On the weekends that I didn't have them, and before Maddox, uh, we would go to Horseman's Park when they would have live racing, and that was a blast. I've done that before, too. That's fun. Oh, man, that was fun. So much fun. Just like a, if you want to go hang out with a bunch of grizzled old smokers, yep, that's the place to go. <laughs> or the horse track. There's a place here in town uh, called the Drover. Yep. And if you go there for lunch, they have like I don't even know how they use the bar area is a bunch of old dudes. Yeah. Just like mm. drinking gin. Yeah. And probably whiskey for their whiskey steaks. Well, that could be yeah. it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching horse races on the TV. They're like simulcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's mm. legit. There's a horse track by my house in Ralston, yeah. Nebraska. Um, yeah. That's Horseman's Park. Yeah, that's right? Horseman's Park. That's Horseman's Park. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I've drove by it a few times. Obviously, it's been dead this year, mm-hmm. but um, the I just saw like just this past. I don't know. It would have been like August, September. I just saw the whole parking lot filled. They had one day of racing. Yes. Is that what it was? Now it's one day a year. Yep. Oh. But it used to be a lot. Well, there used to be like three days, right? Uh-huh. Like a whole weekend. Yeah. Wow. Now, through the magic of elections, and yes. uh, we have gambling. Yes, we do. At oh. horse tracks. That so, is what I've heard. So, yes. Horseman's Park is probably going to get a little bit more busy. There's well, a huge one in Lincoln. They built a new one uh, like a few years ago when yep. it came out of 
the state, like where it used to be where the state fair was down in Lincoln, down oh, yeah. by mm-hmm. campus. And now there's one that's south of town. And uh, it ran for a couple of years, and then it got shut down. And that's going to be the spot in Nebraska once all mm. this gambling stuff goes through. Nice. That'll be like the legit place to go and do your stuff. All right. So is it just horse horse racing tracks? So far, yes. Okay. So, when, so no- when gambling passed in Nebraska, it was limited to horse track establishments. But that okay. means gambling of not just on horse racing. R- right. Yes. yes. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which nice. means table games too. Do we get do we get blackjack? I, I think and, so. And poker and stuff. Hopefully, sports betting, sports books is up. Go Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. finally, <laughs> finally, it's been like twenty five years. No kidding. Finally, we only had to have every state around us. We just have to leave the states, <laughs> yeah. give them their money for. There a while. you go. And when you go, when you go just across the river into Council Bluffs, and three quarters of all of the, the cars license are plates Nebraska are Nebraska plates. plates. Yeah. That's yeah. what's up. That's exactly yeah, right. and and to put it in perspective, if you're not familiar with the Omaha area, Council Bluffs is over the river. It's a I mean, across the street, basically. You could be it's on the west side of Omaha, yes. and it's only a twenty-minute drive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you got any more? Any research over there? Otherwise, I have some. That's all I got. All for right. I, I could have done way more Kentucky and bourbon. Yeah, but probably. I kind of figured you might go that route. Well, I, I'm going the opposite route. Oh, oh. I'm going Christmas because we haven't yes, talked about Christmas. Sweet. All right. The history of the candy cane. We're getting into it. Peppermint. Oh, man. Exactly. Screw oh. the candy cane. Give me more of this beer. <laughs> Luckily, you filled it up, I see. Yeah, I'm almost done with it. I'm glad that I, I had a four-pack, and I was going to bring all four, and I was like, you know what? I'll keep one, and there I'm glad go. I did. There you go. Otherwise, you would have drank it. Um, <laughs> originally, candy canes were just white, and they were straight. Boring. Flavored with sugar only. That was it. Oh. Just a sugar stick, basically. Oh, okay. Then... In 1670, wow, wow, choir master in Cologne, Germany. Once again, Germans. Yes, <laughs> man, the Germans are awesome. As he's making them, okay, and it's drying, mm-hmm. he decides he's going to bend it in the shape that we know now, okay, to resemble the shepherd's crook. Oh, and because he does this, this is like an innovation, and everybody's just like, "Holy crap, you can." Do that? <laughs> takes off. Go all across England. Wait, wait. You can do this as I'm making just like a yep. bending motion? That's what you did. Guys, Shocking. I have a new invention. Watch this. <laughs> a slight bend. Huge deal. Goes all over Europe. Look what I can do. And it even makes it to America. The first documented use of a candy cane to celebrate Christmas is in 1847 by August Imgard. And he's, guess what? A German immigrant. God, German. Also mm. Swedish. Man. So mm. is my family, so I drop in there. Sure. He's in Worcester, Ohio. Not Worcester, Mass. But oh, I Worcester, guessed, Ohio. I would have guessed Mass, but okay. He puts in their house, they have a Christmas tree, and he has paper ornaments like they did because they didn't have a lot of money to actual ornaments. Sure. And candy canes that he made. Oh. So he decorates the tree with them, and that's the first time it was ever written down in a paper or journal or anything of candy canes being... Uh, like a symbol of Christmas time. Okay. Um, then that kind of took off in the United States. Um, in 1920s, this guy named Bob McCormick has a candy company in Atlanta, Georgia. And he's the first one to really like hand them out at Christmas. Okay. He had a Christmas party and he gave them to his people that came to the party or whatever. Um, the name of his company was called Bob's Candies. Okay. And they were handmade. 
um, at Very that time. Original, but okay. Well, you know, it was probably or was original in the twenties. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're handmade. Okay. And his brother-in-law, this guy named Gregory Keller, makes this like an invention, a machine that does it. So instead of having people that have to sit there and do the twist, mm-hmm. do the bend, this machine can do it in 1950s. Okay. And that's what spreads them all across the United States. They're being mass made then. Because otherwise it was just your local candy person was making candy canes, right? Or your sure. local whoever, confectioner. And this is the guy that makes it so that they can be mass produced and boxed and shipped and sent. And that's only in the 50s. Um, they're the first ones that produce them like that and, and package them. They're still around. They've been in business for 80 years. So oh, wow. um, if your parents had candy canes as a kid or even maybe your grandparents, mm-hmm. they probably got them from something like Bob's Candies in Atlanta, Georgia. So for 100 years now, they've been in business. I, I, I don't want to reach here, but I want to say I've heard of now you say this Bob's candy. It's possible. I, I've heard of this. I mean, it's a big, at least back in then it was a big thing and, and it is it still is today. Um, they are a whole bunch of candy companies that make them now. And I bet you if you've been to like a grocery store or something recently, you've seen them. Sure. Uh, one of the things that they like to do now is make weird flavors. Weird flavors. That's what yeah. I'm about to say. Like so a bajillion flavors. I wrote down a whole list of yes. the weird flavors that you can buy candy canes in. Ooh. And I want to hear from you guys if that's a yes or no. Now, I'm guessing most of you are just going to say yes. Oh, well. Look, I'll eat anything. But it doesn't weird. taste like, it's, most of these don't taste like, it's not just peppermint and this flavor. Just, a lot of it is just that flavor. It tastes like right. that. Yeah. I was going to say, some of my favorite candy canes I got every year was root beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My yeah. stepmom would get root beer candy canes, and that was our thing. That was our family's thing. Root beer candy canes. Yeah. Um, yep. I've had Sour Patch Kid ones. Oh. So are it's they... a candy cane with the, can- the sugary sour oh. coating on them. Those are pretty good. Mm. I would love that. All right. So okay. there's this website or this brand. I've seen it in stores and online. It's called Archie McPhee. Yeah. Okay. And they're the main people that distribute these things okay now i have seen just last year oreo ones at hy-vee in i will eat that right now it's chocolate and peppermint and that's a real thing yeah really have them at i saw them last year at hy-vee okay here's some of the weirder ones yes mac and cheese that's not true at all what mac and cheese candy cane what oh that's a no for me uh rotisserie chicken (laughs) that's a no for me (laughs) clam Oh, gosh. Clam-flavored candy cane. All right. Wasabi. Yes. I'd try it. I'd, I'd try it. I'd try that, yeah. Yeah. Bacon. That's not I, that weird anymore. No. Uh, here's the thing. I, have you bacon. had the bacon-flavored pop from... Uh, uh, Jones. Jones? No. That is disgusting. No, it sounds I've gross. heard it's disgusting, but they make so much money off of that oh, one. Oh, of course they do, because it's bacon-flavored. I've yeah. had bacon-flavored mints from Archie McPhee, Okay, mm. but I have not had... the. Candy cane. Pickle. Oh. I'd try it. Yeah, I I know you would. If I saw those, I would instantly (laughs) buy them for Dolan. I've got pickled Doritos right next to me. That's true, he does. Uh, Gravy. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Depends. Brown or sausage? Oh. It's like if you need your gravy on the go, (laughs) grab one of these candy canes. (laughs) Sriracha. Oh, I'd try it. Okay. Coffee. I would try that. Yes, yes, yes. Oreo I wrote down. Cinnabon. Oh, oh, yeah. I would yeah. definitely Heck that. yeah. Yeah. Pizza. Yes. Yeah, I'd try that. I yeah. love pizza Pringles. Oh, They're my yeah. favorite Pringles. You know what? Yes. Recently, this ties to this, um, John Oliver show. Mm-hmm. 
It's on hiatus right now. It's come back in February. He did this thing um, a few months ago about Pringles and how he really wants to see what the rest of Mr. Pringle looks like. (laughs) (laughs) And then the rest of it, the next episode they did, which was like two weeks ago, was all these artist renderings of what Mr. Pringle looked like. That's awesome. But I learned that Pringles don't meet the definition of a potato chip. No. What? They're and not. It, what? Here's a There's fun fact about like Pringles. Potatoes. What? They're kosher. Uh, what? Pringles are kosher. I saw a TikTok of a Jewish guy. Yeah. And he said, my favorite kosher snack is Pringles. Pringles. Because I can have anything. Yeah. They're not potatoes. What? It's not a yeah. chip. Yeah. And also, the guy that created the, the container for Pringles mm-hmm. loved it so much. When he died, he was cremated and his ashes were put in a pringle can <laughs> yes and that's real so pizza pringles were in the only one either fantastic uh ham yes shiitake mushroom oh my word. wait is it just the mushroom or is is it kind of like a ramen take because I, I just said shiitake mushroom and it had a mushroom on the package that'd be like uh, a really earthy dirt yeah it'd be like beets almost yeah um mm, if know. it was like if it was like a japanese like ramen take Hell yeah. But if it's just mushroom, I don't know. Well, then you might like this one. Pho. Oh, yeah. Vietnamese. Down. Yep. Lobster. Yep. Okay. And the last one I wrote down, eggnog. Which I would probably try. I would try that. All day. I enjoy me some eggnog. I like store-bought eggnog. Mm -hmm. Homemade eggnog is weird. That's weird. Do you like eggnog with booze in it? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They sell those, too. Um, Evan Williams makes one. My uncle, every year, he gets the... um, it's either vanilla or cinnamon or something crown crown royal, mm-hmm. oh. and then he puts that in the eggnog, yeah. and then a little bit of um, a little bit of oat milk to kind of break it up, hmm. and then you sleep good at night. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Count those sugar plums. Ooh, so good, dancing. and then you put the the pumpkin spice mix, the oh. nutmeg and See, stuff there you go. right on top. So good. Mm. Have- this is what I did with candy canes growing up. Oh yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> you had to do that. You make them a little yeah, shank, a little, so a little bit of a shank. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah. you stab your brother with them. Um, I stabbed all my friends with candy cane shanks. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that was the, the thing. best part is the evidence you can eat it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is it never actually? St- I mean, yeah, maybe I drew blood a couple times. <laughs> But psycho. But, I'm so glad I wasn't Dolan's friend in high school. <laughs> oh man, there's two kids that have a scar from Dolan's candy cane stabs. <laughs> oh, you don't even know. I <laughs> I've been stabbed too a couple times with I don't know tax candy canes, whatever. Um, but they would break most of the time. Yeah, they yeah. just they just shatter. So mm-hmm. it was it was kind of a fun. Mm. I don't know, kind of like a titty twister or purple nurple or whatever oh i I see i had a friend like this in second grade his friend his name was lee clark okay uh we were friends and uh one day i was mad at him for this second second grade obviously i was mad at him for something that happened at recess yeah so i walked by his desk after recess and i punched him in the shoulder yeah wham punched him in the shoulder he took his pencil and stabbed me in the arm. <laughs> oh. So I don't have any tattoos, but I have... You got some number two lead in there somewhere? I got some number two. <laughs> and as I have grown, it was in the shoulder. As I have grown, it has moved down my really? arm. Yes. Oh, my God. I will, I will show you after the episode. There's a little dot. That's my... Uh, it's moved down. It's moved down. Wow. Yeah. 
I've been stabbed with pencils, but it never gave me a mark like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. We had to go to Mr. Geeswine's office. Mm. He was the principal. Yeah. Ed Geeswine. Yeah. Yeah. He was mean. My mom actually got mad at my buddy's mom because we used to give each other purple nurples all the time. (laughs) One time I took off my shirt. This was a third or fourth grade, probably. And I had bruises, you know, where he'd get me. Yeah. And uh, um, she called his mom and like, you got to tell him to stop or whatever. Stop twisting my son's nipples. Oh my gosh. So next day at school, he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was leaving bruises. Can you get me? <laughs> I was all about it, like, man. Yeah, I can. Double twist. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> that makes me hurt just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. Those are fun. We were ruthless. Oh. I don't know what was so fun about pain fifth grade. Oh. <laughs> there was a pain is headbutts. Yeah. And yeah. Nut shots. Fifth graders. Yeah, oh, fifth yeah. graders. Like kneeing each other in the back. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, like the, yeah. what do you call it? Cornhole or whatever. You, what? 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 You knee them in the tailbone and then like it hurts for. <laughs> It's is not, that only me? That's not what we <laughs> call it. Yeah, cornhole, I know okay. cornhole is a game. Oh, uh, okay. I know it is something different in Kansas, but uh, you don't talk rhino, about that. A rhino hump. Oh, boy. Whoa. It's called a bunch of different things. I, <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. We tortured each other, man. <laughs> Columbus, Nebraska, folks. Yep, there you go. Mm. All right, here's the thing. There have been multiple times when I've been scared of the beers that we were going mm-hmm. to do. Like this, there's no way this is going to be good. Yeah, arguably this might be the best one. Wow, it's super tasty. <laughs> it is. It Eight, is eight point one percent on this guy. Yeah, and you don't taste that at all. No. So on my first drink, I thought, man, this is so good, but I can only have one of them. I could have two, maybe sure. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, lucky for you, they sell them in four packs. <sighs> nice. Yeah. I, I think this would give me some. Pretty severe heartburn. I would have to drink them earlier in the day. Sure. Mm. Yeah. But. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, in <clears throat> Excuse me. In Lincoln, Boiler Brewing Company, they make, uh, at least a couple years ago, they made a peppermint stout. It was mm. very similar to this. It was just okay. a little bit thicker. But they served it. When you bought a Crowler, they would tape two of those little candy canes to it. Oh, yeah. And oh. what you're supposed to do is just dunk it in your glass. Oh. And then as you every time you drink, it mm-hmm. gets a hit of that peppermint. Comes off in the beer, right? Yeah. Or you could just throw it in there totally in the in the pint glass. I would and do just that. soak it. Yeah. So if you're drinking something like this and you've got some of those candy canes or break up some candy canes or peppermint, yeah, throw it in there. Toss it in. There. Ain't gonna hurt nothing. That's I. <laughs> this is such a weird random fact that I know, but prisoners when they get candy canes, oh boy, oh. um, they get the mini ones, right? Yeah. Um, and they break it down into a like a powder. And they put it in their coffee. They put it in their water. They put it in. They put it in a lot of things. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, my mom used to be a, a cook, and in, in the Wyoming uh, prison, and that's what she said. Their favorite thing was to do with candy canes. They just break it up and put it in their drinks. Put, put it in their drinks. Yeah, we learned something new about Dolan. Virtually every episode, <laughs> yeah, we do. She was a cook at Applebee's. Yes, yeah. she was. She worked in the prison system. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Grandpa yeah. lives on a mountain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Make hobo pork chops. Oh. <laughs> yep, yes. that's true. Yes, yeah. they he do. Is, he's a lot of different things <laughs> together, that's for sure. Okay, untapped. Uh, Gotta be low. It is low. 5,523 check-ins. Okay. Huh. More specialty, I would assume. Yeah, than, yeah. that's uh, a seasonal. I so. wanted to go look up their traditional Kentucky bourbon barrel porter yeah. but i didn't i just looked up this one so okay so ironically I, 16 ibus on this i don't taste there's 
Th- that scale is bullshit. You I don't can't know. hardly taste right, 16. No. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing there. No. All right. 5,523 check-ins. Go. Well, I'm going to give this 4 to 5. Personally. But you personally, will. Yes. Personally. Yes. So I think because this is probably sought out, I think it's it's probably a three eight. Okay. I'm gonna say three nine four. You're gonna be surprised. Four zero one. Ooh. Wow. Anything that's average as a four is averaging good. a four. After over five thousand check ins in an average. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean when you taste it, it makes sense to me. But Dolan's yeah. right. Yeah, you are you are actively seeking out a porter with peppermint. Like you're not just I would look at this on the shelf and say, Nope. Oh, right. I saw it and I was like, yep. <laughs> well, it's it's like I said, like you can't just have a chocolate porter and a chocolate stout on your menu because I'll yeah. always go for the stout because I want that flavor, right? Sure. But if you've got something different in your porter, I will order it. Yeah. And so that's why I think. This is the, as far as I know, the only one. I've never had another peppermint porter before. I, I've never had a porter Plus, like this. add the barrel age to it. Yep. Mm, yeah. A whole other level. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. Okay. Next week, we start week one of Drown Out 2020. What a good idea. Ooh. Four weeks of cleaning out the beer fridge. So we've talked about this before. We get so many different beers from employees, staff, uh, uh, people that we know mm-hmm. to do on the podcast here yeah. that we have, a, we have a secret beer fridge in the back that isn't so secret anymore. Not anymore. No. No. Uh, there at the end of the year. This is the is this the second year that we've done this? Yep. Third year? Second. Well, uh, lo- second year. Last year we did clean out the beer fridge, which was yeah. just one episode. Uh, yes. Yeah. We yes. Had five beers on that one. <sighs> yes. This year we're gonna do Drown Out Twenty Twenty. Yep. Which is essentially the same thing. Yeah. We're gonna do three beers an episode for four weeks. Yeah. So just twelve. Up the game. Yeah. Twelve beers. So. I don't want that to discourage anyone from sending us beers. We'll get to it. We we will. will. Yeah, yeah. We definitely will. And if we just jam them all into the end of the year here, then we're going to talk about them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So next year we hit a state that we've never hit before, New Jersey. We come back to Nebraska, and then we go to our old friend Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. So we have mm-hmm. got we've got a nice selection from next year. So something new, something home, and something familiar. And yeah. the cool thing about breaking this up too is we've kind of kind of uh, not not fully but we've kind of separated them into genre i guess yeah. not like types of you know beers that are good maybe to drink back to back yeah oh yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah well my friends merry christmas yeah. i uh this has been fun yeah yep if we could do four more weeks of christmas beers i would do that but because uh, they're out there yeah they are seek One of my them favorite out. times yeah find yeah. them and and uh and try them out if you do try a fun one i wouldn't be opposed to doing a christmas beer after christmas if you find one that yeah. you're like wow this is totally different yeah let us know let us know send it to us if not maybe we can find it here and uh, we'd be happy to do it on the on the show mm-hmm. so all right boys we're not going anywhere for a while let's drown out 2020 Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.